Hey, welcome to Free Indeed. This is the podcast where we get into the word, tackle tough questions, get encouraged, and have lots of fun. Let's go. We serve a wonder-working God. Demons flee at His name. He's a promise keeper. What was meant for bad, He can turn for your good. Hi, welcome back to Free Indeed. Today, we're going to continue the series of Identity, Who Are You? All right, y'all, so we're continuing, and I'm going to go ahead and jump to Isaiah 53. Uh, Like I said at the beginning, this is going to be our other text for this teaching. Um, You know, the, the purpose of this is to really instill and drive home your identity. The identity crisis amongst believers is... Probably the biggest ordeal, the biggest uh, issue that most of us have faced or are facing. And a lot of people don't even know it because of wrong teaching. And and maybe maybe you're listening and you completely disagree with me 100% with everything I've I've said so far. That's okay. I'm not intimidated. It's fine. But um, let me just ask you this. How confident are you in whatever other belief system that you're adhering to other than the, what I've said? Because even if you do say, oh, I'm 110,000% confident. Well, <laughs> you can have confidence in the wrong thing. You, you ever seen those videos on Instagram where everything is cake? Like they cut into this shoe and you think they're about to destroy a perfectly good brand new shoe and it turns out it's cake uh they cut into a cheeseburger it looks like a juicy cheeseburger you know melty cheese and the oil's running over it and it's just it's a piece of cake well what if what you're believing is cake <laughs> uh yeah i'm using that as an analogy as a metaphor what if what you're believing is not what you what it appears to be what if what you know is not so what if what if um what you're believing and trusting in when you go to rely on it, squish, it's like, it's a squishy piece of cake and it just, it, it doesn't serve the purpose that you thought it was going to. What if you believe that, you know, you have to maintain your own righteousness before God. And then you read that verse where Paul says, not having a righteousness of my own before God, Paul despaired of self-righteousness. He knew that self-righteousness is filthy rags before the Lord. We all know that, right? If you don't, there you go. Self-righteousness is like filthy rags. I won't go into detail right now about what that means, but for those of you who know, you know. So, like I was talking about earlier, turning yourself inside out, bawling and squalling before God, begging for forgiveness, and then feeling all righteous and justified because you did that, I'm sorry, but that's filthy rags. And and I'm not saying you're going to be rejected because of that. If you are truly born again, like I said, as long as you get Jesus right, whatever else you get wrong, it's going to be okay because God has mercy on us. He knows that we're made from dust. He knows that we have the flesh to deal with, a damaged soul to deal with, maybe messed up theology to deal with. And the thing is, is you... 
the things that you're trusting in to keep you righteous before God, if it is not the blood of Jesus, it's cake. If it's not the work of Christ and his resurrection that, you know, justified you, did away with your sin, then you're just trusting in a piece of cake that, that may taste good for a minute. It may satisfy for a minute, but it's not what it needed to be. You know what I mean? Again, like those videos where they, uh, or maybe it looks like a, um, I don't know, an animal or something. And it turns out it's a piece of cake. You know, there's really awesome cake artist and it, you, it's not what you thought it was. Your confidence in the image you saw before the cut was was false confidence because it really wasn't what you thought it was. Anyway, moving on. So, like I said, we're in Isaiah 53. So, Isaiah 53 is one of the prophetic chapters. Uh, Isaiah was a prophet. He prophesied about Jesus and what he would accomplish for us. So I'm going to start in verse 53 because it specifically deals with healing and a lot of good stuff. So let's just jump right in. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is prophesying of Jesus. Verse 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Meaning... When Jesus came to the earth, he came in a very humble form, right? He was born, born as a, I mean, right there, born as a, as a natural human, taking on the, the natural flesh like the rest of us have. You talk about humbleness, humility, and um, he, you know, when we think if we, we're like, if, if I was God, I'd come down in a blazing flash of glory and be all shiny and sparkly and awesome looking. And no, he didn't, he didn't do that, did he? No. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. So if you're out there, you're a brother or you're a sister in the Lord, and you feel like you're a man or a woman of sorrow, grief is, is your best friend, and you, you feel despised and no one esteems you. I just want to encourage you. Jesus knows how that feels. Jesus experienced all of the natural, negative, and positive emotions that we can all feel. And because of that, through him, we can be free from the negative or overcome the negative and not wallow or live there and more consistently live in the positive and have joy. Because elsewhere, it also talks about him being anointed with the oil of gladness and having more joy than his companions. Anyway, moving on to verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. There, What did I just say? He bore our griefs. Uh, grief, it, it's, it's a kind of a blanket statement saying he bore our griefs. He bore our sorrow. He bore your sadness, your loneliness. I think loneliness is... A, is plaguing the earth today like never else like never before um there we we're all so digital we're always so plugged into something digital even podcasts and there's nothing wrong everything like that is amoral you know every the podcast digital life but we're so plugged in to the digital world that we miss the natural and you know so many people just don't get together anymore in fellowship i mean think of when you're uh, growing up and you know, if you wanted to see somebody, you had to 
you had to go drive to their house and go visit them. You couldn't just FaceTime them or video call them, <laughs> you know? So if, if you're dealing with sorrow or loneliness, Jesus can, can help you. And, and I'm not just saying, oh, because you have Jesus, you shouldn't feel lonely, blah, blah, blah. Don't be that way. No, Jesus knows. And he knows our, the weakness of our natural flesh, that we need a friend, that we need somebody in person, uh, godly, wise uh, person to be a good influence and a good friend to have as well in the natural. So he bore our griefs, our sorrows, any negative thing that you're dealing with. He emotionally, mentally, he bore that as well. Not just our sin and not just our physical ailments that we would need healing of, but he bore the the emotional and and mental things that you need deliverance of as well. Verse five, but he was wounded for our transgressions, sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. So the, the chastisement for our peace was on, he took upon himself. He took the mental anguish that you're going through so that way you don't have to go through it. So wherever you are right now, I just want to pause and take a moment to pray. If you're dealing with this, just receive, just open your heart. Um, you don't have to, you know, kneel down or raise your hands. Just, just open your heart. You, you know what that means. Just open your heart and, and get into a mentally receptive stance, if you will. And father, I pray for, for the listener right now that is, lonely that is uh, plagued with with heaviness god anxiety or fear or depression i pray right now god you break that off of them and in jesus name i command every spirit of darkness and heaviness to leave them now in the name of jesus i lose life and healing and peace the peace and the comfort of the holy spirit be upon them now lord be on them set them free Break those chains once and for all. Thank you, God, for setting them free. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, and if you've prayed that with me, if you've accepted it and said amen to it, um, and perhaps maybe you're not feeling anything different, again, what I talked about before, have patience, have endurance, do not give up. Don't give up, don't quit. Hold on to that and say, I'm a child of God. Jesus has delivered me from this. So you're an intruder. Whatever negative feeling, you are trespassing on holy ground. You're trespassing. You're breaking the law. If you want to look at it that way and say, you, you can't be here. It's against the spiritual law of freedom that God has set me free in Christ Jesus for you to be here, depression, or, or for you to trespass here, anxiety. So leave now in Jesus' name. And even if you have to listen to the prayer again or, or pray over yourself or take authority and tell the devil to get, get out of here, then you do that. Stay positive, stay encouraged. Another thing I heard from a minister recently is if you're battling emotional turmoil, get out, take a walk if you can, walk out in the sunshine, go visit the park, go for a drive if that's your thing. Uh, I like doing that as well. Uh, or whatever, wherever you go that you feel peaceful and encouraged because our physical environment can change the spiritual as well. Sometimes there could be a spirit of heaviness in a certain place and maybe it's 
maybe it knows it can hang out there because you're there and it knows it can always mess with you. And, and you just, you just need to physically separate yourself from that situation for a minute to get your bearings before you just continue about the day, you know, but that's, again, that's a, that's something else for another time. We're going to continue in Isaiah 53. So by his stripes, we're healed, you know, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. He took the price that it, the price that was on the peace that we needed he said i'll pay that and he took the chastisement so we could have peace verse six all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all that's really interesting because it it denotes to me how before we were saved or before jesus came to the earth to save us everybody was just doing their own thing whether you were religious and, uh, you know, were in church every time the doors were open, but maybe you, you really never had a relationship with Lord. You had a relationship with church and churchianity, but not the Jesus of the church. And if you know what I mean, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and again, there's nothing wrong. I encourage you to get involved with a church that's good and worthwhile and worth the effort. Um, just don't get, don't get overwhelmed. Okay. Don't, don't, uh, put your neck out there and just sacrifice time with family and things like that. So that way, uh, you know, uh, the church can have you more than your family. Don't, don't do things like that. Um, you're going to hurt family and, and those close to you. If, if the more, most important thing to you is church and not family first. But again, that's, I have so many things that I'm saying that are another topic for another time, but, um, I'm just giving you a little appetizers, um, from some of those things. So before we were saved, everybody did their own thing. Everybody turned his own way. But the Lord, God, laid that iniquity, whatever your specific flavor of sin was, so to speak, he laid that on Jesus, all of us. And he says, the iniquity of us all. So you may think, yeah, but you don't know what I've done or you don't know how weird <laughs> I've been or weird things I've been involved in. Trust me. I've seen, I've seen some stuff and, uh, and I've heard some stuff. I've heard testimonies of people that got delivered from some really bogus stuff and, and stuff that's just, you know, not worth mentioning or getting into right now. And the Bible says, but he laid that iniquity on Jesus, all of it. We all had our own diverse flavors of sin and weaknesses and, and doing whatever we thought was right or what we wanted. Maybe we didn't care, you know, before you knew the Lord. But he, let, he guaranteed right here in the word, he says, Isaiah 53, verse 6, encouragement from the Old Testament here. He laid on him the iniquity of us all. So you, you read in the New Testament, you know, when you read it, the crucifixion of Jesus and everything. But Isaiah 53 gives you a behind the scenes look, if you will, of what, what was going on spiritually. You know what I mean? Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. If you feel oppressed, you feel depressed, you feel afflicted, tormented, or messed up, Jesus took that for you too, okay? Whatever whatever adjective or noun you want to plug in there, Jesus took it, okay? Just because I don't mention it doesn't mean that it's not for you. This is for you. Yes, you. You that you feel like you fall through the cracks of the cracks and you just always somehow miss, miss the thing that's directed to a certain audience. It's for you because I've felt that way through life 
I feel like I've missed so many opportunities and things because I just fell through the cracks. And so, but it's, it's time for, for people like that to realize the gospel is as much for you as it is for the average person out there that uh, maybe lived a decent life. They really didn't do anything too big or horrendous, but you know, they hear the gospel, they get saved and that's awesome. Um, praise God for that. But the gospel is for everybody. Jesus wouldn't have told his disciples to preach to every creature if he really didn't mean it. <laughs> Even if you felt like you were just a creature before you got saved, God can take you, turn you from a creature to a preacher. Okay? Amen. Uh, continuing verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Meaning he didn't complain. He didn't, oh man, this is too hard, I give up. He didn't, nope. He just... Going back to that endurance and patience, he endured and he had patience. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. He opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who will declare his generation? Meaning he has no physical children. Again, another appetizer for another topic. Jesus did not get married. He did not have a family. He did not marry Mary Magdalene. That did not happen. Anyway. He was taken from prison and judgment, who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. So God is saying, for the transgressions of his people, Jesus was stricken. For you, you're God's people. Even if, even if you're not, you are. You know what I mean? God created you. And even if you don't believe any of this quite yet, you, you still have the, the fingerprint of God. He, he formed you in your mother's room. He fashioned you together. He made what we know as physical bodies are our human life. He, we're made of God. So you may not necessarily be a Christian, but God paid a price to redeem you. So you could be, and, and Christian just means you're Christ, you're of Christ. You follow Christ. You're a Christian. You know, you live in America, you're an American. Um, you're a Christian. It's not a lot of what people think. It just means you're a believer or you could say believer. God did all this so you could believe in him, so you could believe in his son, Jesus. That's awesome. So the transgressions that you've committed, Jesus took that. It was laid upon him. Verse 9, and they made his grave with the wicked. Again, signifying he suffered the same punishment that we would have in our final stage, which is death. He suffered the death of a wicked person. If you're wicked, if you feel wicked, if you feel like you've been wicked and you're just stricken with torment and guilt and condemnation, Jesus took that for you, okay? You can you can leave the grave today. You can get up out of your grave and say, Lord Jesus, I believe. Remember me in your kingdom. You did this for me. I'm, I accept that. I'm taking that. Please set me free. I believe in you. You're the son of God and you did this for me. And when you believe that and you say that with your mouth, congratulations, welcome to the family. You're saved, you're forgiven. He took your wickedness. He took your vileness. So you can be a new creature. Second Corinthians 5.17, all the old has passed away, all has become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus when you become born again. The reason it's called being born again because you're not born again natural. You don't like Nicodemus asked Jesus, Am I, do I somehow go back into to my mother and, and be born again? No, of course not. Your, your spirit is born again. You receive a born again spirit, the spirit 
of God fused with your human spirit and you become a whole new creature. In some translations, it says a new creature that never existed before. Anyways, that's again, more, more for later. <laughs> but with the rich at his death, he made his grave with the wicked. They made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Now this is interesting because it's prophesying of the authenticity and the truth and the honesty of Jesus. How, how would it, you know, for those of you that, oh, you know, you're against all this, you, you think Jesus was false, a false leader, a false Messiah, and this and that. Isaiah, what, however many hundreds of years prior to Jesus' birth, prophesied, all, all these years prior, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus uh, did no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, meaning he didn't lie about anything. He spoke the truth. He was the truth. And it's just awesome. I feel like there's a lot more I could say about it, but the words don't necessarily come right now. But, it, you know, for even if you're a believer and you've battled seasons of doubt like I have, and you wonder, like, how do I know what I'm believing is the real deal? Well, here here's just one line of encouragement that could help you because, I, you know, most of you probably know, like I do, sometimes you're in such a season of battle that maybe that one thing you used to really encourage yourself with, it's not enough anymore. It's like being super hungry and uh, that that burger didn't do it. You need, you need a burger and fries and salad and then you need dessert and then you need a snack. You know, it's the if you could flip-flop that, I'm using that as an analogy to the intensity of a struggle where spiritually you need way more encouragement. Here, here's a, here's a nugget of encouragement to know that Jesus was true and right and was of God, was the son of God and that he didn't lie. Anything Jesus said was also true. He says there was no deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put on him, put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. So those of you that are dealing with uh, soulish issues, maybe you're saved, but you're still dealing with guilt and shame and condemnation. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. And here, Jesus offered his soul, his emotions, his feelings and thoughts. He took those tormenting thoughts. He took those tormenting emotions. And you may say, yeah, I know, but... I still feel it. I understand the concept that Jesus took it, so I don't have to have it. Maybe some of you have a little bit of Bible school training, or maybe you've been to a really great church for a long time that you know you, you already know all this, and it's just as good as being at a Bible school or whatever. Awesome. Praise the Lord. But maybe, and I've been there too, where I said, you know, I know I understand all this. Truly, I do. But it's not producing that desired effect in my mind. It's not producing the peace. It's not producing the hope and the joy and the freedom and the comfort. Well, just hang on. First of all, I'd say take a breath, gather yourself. Again, patience, endurance, hold on. Hold When, when you don't know what else to do, just hold on. Okay? <laughs> that's for somebody out there. That That's for me sometimes. When you don't know what else to do, just hang on. Don't make any hasty decisions. Don't give up. Like we talked about in the other episode, 
Don't let go of your confidence. Don't cast all this aside and say, man, just, none of this works anymore. It ran out. Something happened. It doesn't work anymore. No, don't do that. That is the most tempting thing at times to just give up or say this, I guess I was wrong after all. That's more tempting sometimes than to uh, reach your hand and get another cheese ball out of the bag. And, and you know what I mean? It's so tempting. Sometimes the devil will try to make you feel like what you've been believing was all a lie and that it was fake. Those people you prayed for didn't really get healed. They just wanted to make you feel good. You didn't really get healed yourself that one time. It was just a scientific uh, coincidence, you know, that just happened and your back was healed or whatever strange thought that the enemy will put in your mind to make you discredit the gospel. You may say, you know, this, this, it's still not producing for me. Again, hold on and just wait because Jesus did pay the price and sooner or later, Sooner rather than later, and at the right time, I promise the flow of peace, joy, confidence, hope, and expectation will flow again to you, the expectation of a bright future. Those things will start flowing into you again. Sometimes we don't know why, um, you know, the, those positive emotions and beliefs sometimes seem to dry up a little bit. Uh, you know, there's an enemy. Let me just pause real quick. There's there's a very real enemy out there, and sometimes even as Christians, we have to remind ourselves, hey, there is a big bad spirit out there called Satan that hates us, that wants to stop our faith, that wants to shut us up, that would love for us to just be silenced forever. He hates the Bible. He hates Jesus. He hates God. Because he was cast out of heaven for thinking that he could overthrow God. And you just, you don't do that. <laughs> um, and you have to remind yourself that he will do anything to get you down. And his playground is the mind. He loves to shoot these crazy thoughts in your mind. Just, again, this is for somebody out there. It's for me sometimes too. If you have a crazy thought, it's not you. I'll say it again. And it's true. If you have a crazy thought, it's not you. As quickly as that thought entered your mind, you open that other door and let it slip right out of your mind and you just keep going about your day. You don't don't pay it no mind. Don't sit there and think, oh my goodness, how could I think that? Oh my gosh, maybe I'm not saved. Maybe that was me. Maybe I, I blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Maybe I blasphemed God. Oh my God, no. Stop. Just hold on. That's from the devil. I've had many a battles with... Uh, those kinds of thoughts that you're thinking, how on God's green earth could I have that kind of thought? The devil plays the blame game, you see. He throws the the blame, and then we look at it, and then we condemn ourselves for looking at it, or, or having that thought, rather. <laughs> and then he'll say, oh, I can't believe you, you would think that, Christian. Well... You know, he's, he's, he's the father of lies, the Bible says. He's the father of deceit. He's not a good father. God is a good father. The devil will, will weave a tapestry of manipulation and get you defeating yourself, condemning yourself, so he can kick his legs up and lean back and relax and say, ah, that was easy. Don't, don't do that. Don't be that for him. Don't be his victim. Don't be his target. Don't be his monkey like that. Don't, don't believe every thought that comes across your mind. And, and that's coming to you from somebody who's had to learn 
through the trenches, if you will, just the, the emotional warfare and learning uh, through the, the grit to really hold on to the word and overcome those moments through God's grace. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Identity, Who Are You? I hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more and we'll catch you next time. And remember, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed.